You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. What is up, Dub Nation? It is Brady Klopfer here with the Golden State of Mind podcast recapping what just might be the penultimate game of the season. The Warriors beating the Celtics 104-94 in Game 5 of the NBA Finals, setting themselves up for a chance to win a fourth title in eight years. Thursday night in Boston, the Warriors will have a chance to become NBA champions. We could be celebrating Thursday night, could be the end of the NBA season Thursday night, and if not, then we'll see if our hearts can take a Game 7, which is the greatest thing in sports, but not always the greatest thing when you have a dog in the fight, because that will shave years off your life. But we will cross that bridge if and when we come to it. For now, we just need to celebrate the Dubs winning this game, which gives them a lead in the series for the first time. Um, They've been playing catch-up all series, um, dropping Game 1, with that just awful fourth quarter in which they blew a double-digit lead, were outscored by 24 points, and took the first hit in the game. Bounced back, obviously, in Game 2, but then kind of got their asses kicked in Game 3 for being completely transparent. Gutsy comeback on Game 4, winning on the road when they really needed it. And now two straight. Um, It's the first time the Celtics have lost two straight games in the playoffs. First time the Warriors have been up in these finals, and they were kind of in the driver's seat going into Game 5 because it was really a best-of-three series at that point in day at home court advantage, but now they're really in the driver's seat. Um, the fourth win is always the hardest, so being in the driver's seat does not guarantee anything, but having two chances to win a championship, uh, you can't ask for much of a better situation than that. So, let's talk about how they got there. They came out really strong. It was exactly what you wanted. You know, they've, they've had some slow starts in this series, in these playoffs, this season. Um, it, it's been a little bit of a weak point. Uh, they, they again kept the smaller lineup for the second game in a row. Otto Porter Jr. starting in place of Kevon Looney. It worked better this game than it did in game one. Uh, Porter was still pretty much a non-factor. Uh, you know, two points, two rebounds were his stats, one for three shooting. Uh, only played 15 minutes. But he's a player who, you know, even if he's not doing great things, he's not doing bad things. He, he fits well with the system. He spaces the floor because he has that threat of the three ball. Uh, he rebounds well. He, he's a versatile defender. He, he defends well across multiple positions. And things worked well with him on the court. And, and they didn't work truthfully when they went to Kevon Looney, at least early on. Um, That was a move that worked really well in Game 4, going to Looney, but Looney had foul trouble in this one. He picked up three fouls in his first three minutes. And even though he he ended up having a pretty good game, or a decent enough game, two points, four rebounds, three assists in just 17 minutes, it, it wasn't that strong performance that we've seen from him before, both in this series and, and just these playoffs in season long. 
But the first quarter was really good anyway because the Warriors' defense was outrageous. It was incredible. They just absolutely put the clamps on Boston. Um, the Celtics made some really tough shots, and even with those really tough shots and ending the quarter on a high note, they only scored 16 points in the quarter, and the Warriors had an 11-point lead going into the second quarter. It was it was perfect. It was exactly what you want. That Steph Curry wasn't doing much um, in scoring the ball because Boston was really putting a lot of pressure on him, and yet the Warriors still led by 11 because the defense was phenomenal, and Andrew Wiggins got off to a blistering start. Really great stuff from Wiggins in this game. Uh, they kept it going in the second quarter. The defense stayed really strong. The offense struggled a bit in that first stretch while Curry was on the bench. Uh, they only had 24 points in the quarter, but they only allowed 23, so they took a 12-point a lead into halftime. And that was about as confident as I think any of us had been this series, having the Warriors lead by 12 at halftime, knowing how dominant this team has been in the third quarter in this series. But Boston flipped the switch in the third quarter. Um, it was the third quarter Celtics. And some of it was that Boston played really well. Some of it was that the Warriors didn't execute quite as well. They were getting sloppy on offense, which led to some easy baskets. But part of it was <laughs> that the Celtics just absolutely caught fire. And, and things equalized and normalized. The Celtics started the game so cold from three-point range. I can't, I can't remember now what they shot to start the game, but they missed something like 10 or 12 threes in a row to start the game. And then, then the third quarter came around, and they made eight threes in a row. Eight threes in a row. When do you ever see that? It was incredible. Props to them. It, it allowed them to come storming back. They not only erased the Warriors' 12-point lead, but they took the lead of their own. Uh, and it wasn't until Jordan Poole had yet another remarkable kind of running, floating, banked home three at the buzzer to end the third quarter that the Warriors retook the lead and had a one-point lead going into the fourth and final frame. Huge shot by Poole, just put, you know, the momentum was sinking so fast, Chase Center was getting quiet as, as the lead just evaporated and the Celtics just made three after three after three. And then Poole makes this highlight three where the ball could not have been more than two or three inches out of his fingers when the stripes lit up on the backboard signaling the buzzer. But he banked it home and, and Chase Center went wild. It put all the energy in, in the building, in the team, and gave them the lead going into the fourth quarter. And then they showed up and showed out again as, as they did in the first half. The Wiggins did some more work. He, he just had a phenomenal game. Clay Thompson kind of quietly had a very good game shooting the ball. He had 21 points, shot 7 for 14, 5 for 11 on threes. Just super efficient. It was kind of a quiet, efficient night because he didn't have, you know, some of the highlights that, that Wiggins had. And it wasn't, you know, the largest point total we've seen from Clay, 21 points in 40 minutes, but it was just so solid. Um, but Wiggins was really the star. He, his offense was tremendous in the first half where, where he had 16 points, which was a playoff high for him for a half and then he had some huge buckets in the fourth quarter as well including a dramatic slam dunk that kind of closed the door it wasn't the the most efficient scoring night 26 points on 12 or 23 shooting and he missed all six of his three-pointers um, but he had some really important buckets 
his aggression on offense was nice. He had 13 rebounds. Um, he had 16 in game four, so 29 rebounds over a two-game stretch. That's just been huge, especially after the Warriors got annihilated in game three on the glass. Um, for Wiggins to step up from the wing and be the team's best rebounder in these two games has really, really helped keep them afloat. And his defense on Jason Tatum was excellent. Um, Tatum still had a great game, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, shot 10 for 20 from the field. But um, Wiggins really made him work, forced some of Tatum's four turnovers, uh, really forced him into just some bad shots that kind of slowed down Boston's offense and kept them out of rhythm. Really great defensive performance by Wiggins. Um, great defensive performance from Draymond Green again. He fouled out, um, but he really bounced back after two pretty bad games from him, and this was just, he was all over the place defensively. And Gary Payton, the second, was the team's best player off the bench. He played way more than Jordan Poole, more than Looney. Uh, the stats were great, 15 points, five rebounds, three steals, six for eight shooting, but it was really the defense and the energy and just the way that he made everything work. Um, you know, the way that he turns half-court defense into transition offense, the way that he just stagnates an opposing offense and, and gets them out of rhythm, keeps them from getting the looks they want and the rhythm they want and the ball movement they want and the, the way he cuts on offense, keeping the flow of the game going even you know when there's all this attention on Steph Curry. It was just a, a great performance from Gary Payton II and, and for him and Wiggins to step up so strongly and lead the team to victory it has to give the Warriors a ton of confidence going into game six because they just won by 10 points in a game where Steph Curry struggled really mightily. And Steph did a lot of great things in this game. He had eight assists to just one turnover. Um, but the Celtics put all their pressure on him and it really took him out of rhythm scoring. He shot just seven for 22 from the field. He missed all nine of his three-pointers. Uh, it was the first time in his playoff career that he had not made a three in a game. It was his first time since November 8th, 2018, that he had not made a three in a game, regular season or postseason. Just the 40th time in his career, and that counts, you know, all the games where he left early with injuries and whatnot. Um, so an uncharacteristic shooting performance from Steph. <laughs> but when you're trying to win a championship and you can win by double digits in a huge game, when your superstar MVP shoots 7 for 22 and 0 for 9 on threes. And when your leading scorer, Andrew Wiggins, shoots 0 for 6 on threes, so Wiggins and Curry combined to go 0 for 15. The team shot just 22.5% on threes. God, that's got to make you feel good going into game six. It's going to be really, really hard to win game six. Boston is going to be desperate. They're going to be at home. TD Garden is going to be lit. But wow, the Warriors have to look at that Steph Curry performance in the final score of this game and go, we're in pretty good shape. And if not in game six, then in game seven. Although who knows what kind of Clay Thompson we'll see in game six. We know, we know he steps up there. Um, Jordan Poole had an interesting game. He was so efficient scoring the ball. 14 points on four for eight shooting, three for six on threes, three for three on free throws. But he only played 14 minutes. Um, he was just getting eaten up on defense. The Celtics were attacking him. It, this was really Boston's game plan on offense was they were they were attacking the Warriors weak weakest links they they were just running pick and roll hunting mismatches and trying to go one on one uh, they did it against Steph Curry all game long they did it against Jordan Poole in this 14 minutes and the reason Poole only played 14 minutes despite having a really nice offensive game was he really struggled 
um, when they were targeting him. He he really did get eaten up on defense, and you know that's that's expected. It's his third year. He's 22. You're not supposed to be a good defender then. Um, he'll get better. He's he's made some leaps and bounds I think this year defensively, but um, against a team this good with this good of isolation scores, he's really really getting picked apart a little bit so we'll be curious to see how he bounces back but curry for for all the bad shooting i thought he held his own defensively really really well um really well uh you know he's he's never going to be an all nba defender but he's a decent defender and um usually his defense gets more noted for the off-ball defense the awareness the smarts the rotations the deflections etc but his on-ball defense was was solid in this game despite boston just kind of relentlessly hunting that those mismatches um the Warriors defense as a whole just was great 18 turnovers forced out of Boston Celtics shot just 41.3 percent from the field 34.4 percent on threes they helped out the Warriors by missing 10 free throws they shot just 67.7 percent there um, but really the Warriors just looked like the better team in this game despite having a, a very poor shooting night from their best player and the best player in the series they still just look like the better team, and, and now they have two chances to win one more game. And they have to really feel confident that they're the best team out there. Um, so just, I, mean, I haven't been doing this, but it feels like a fun thing to do. Just go over some of the statistical leaders in each category for the Warriors. Points, Andrew Wiggins led the way with 26. Clay had 21. Curry, 16. Rebounds, it was all Wiggins with 13. Draymond had 8. Assists, Curry led the way with 8. Draymond had 6. Uh, steals, GP2 had three. Gotta love that. Plus minus, um, GP2 led the way at plus 16. Curry was plus 15. Clay plus 13. Wiggins plus 12. Looney plus 12. Draymond plus 11. Those are the Warriors' best players, and you sure saw it. You sure saw it in game five. So game six, Thursday night, 6 p.m. I can't wait. You can't wait. Hopefully we'll celebrate a championship then.